Welcome back to A Voice in the Distance Ministries as we're going to be finishing up the part two segment from Exodus chapter 12. Uh, the last one we did was uh, chapter 11 and a half of 12 as uh, chapter 11 was a short chapter where God was announcing the last plague to come of the death of every firstborn male in, in Egypt. And then uh, half of the section of chapter 12 was the institution of the Passover. And then from there God's going to be leading the people on their journey out of Egypt to what would be about an 11 day journey on foot to the promised land of Canaan, what we know as Israel. But, you know, again, I like to give us a little insight of the future because this, this 11, this 11 day journey turned into a 40 year journey and uh, it's going to be interesting to see why as time goes on, but right now we're at that point. We've come to that point now to where the plagues have come to an end, and uh, now the uh, the rest of the story of how Israel starts begins. But, it, you know, it's interesting because I was reading this story about this woman in 1940. Uh, she was kind of like a, a lady who was uh, who adopted an orphanage uh, of, of a handful of children who were uh, uh, Japanese children. And so she had to, uh, she had to escape... This, uh, she had to escape this area and move to London and then from there to, uh, to an area of China. And basically, her mindset was to serve God by serving these lost children. But, you know, the, the Japanese army actually came to this area and, and no one in the orphanage was safe. So she had to, she had no choice but to grab these orphans and take them on this treacherous journey through the mountains of China. And she was struggling as I was reading this. Uh, she had a sleepless night in those mountains, you know, and, and uh, she was at the point of giving up hope. And there was a 13-year-old orphan girl who came and sat by her side, and she, she, uh, she tried to encourage this missionary, this lady. And she reminded her of the time when Moses was um, escaping with the uh, people in the land of Egypt. Now, you got to remember, this was... This was a handful of children. Moses has a couple million. But, you know, this young girl reminded this lady that uh, of what Moses had to go through. And her, her response was, I'm not Moses. You know, and she said, of course you're not. But, you know, but God is still God. And, and this lady realized that, that like Moses, she was, in, she was also imperf uh, imperfect. And, and it didn't matter because God had chosen her to be a shepherd to these children and guided them to safety. Now, through the story, it took about a month in order for them to escape. But it was with God's help that this lady had about 100 children that she was able to, to take. Um, I think it was about 100 that she was able to take the freedom and the safety. And at times we all feel overwhelmed. Sometimes we're exhausted. We're ready to throw in the towel. And, uh, you know, and sometimes we're convinced that a situation is bigger than our abilities to overcome it, right? And, and we all get there. But again, you know, we're reminded at times that God is in charge. We should be reminded all the time. But that's the the beauty of of these these stories that we go through in Exodus, you know. And I, I've never, I cannot stand when people say that the Old Testament was irrelevant. Oh, that is so false. And, and so we see that, you know, we take a look at Moses. Well, Moses was nothing more than Moses. Okay, he was he was a typical person, just like you and I. He wasn't anything until God got a hold of him. He wasn't anything until he he displayed obedience and faith. And God made him special. Yes, he was. Yes, he became special. Yes, became he became. Um, 
you know, important in, in the Jewish faith and, and in the Bible and so on and so forth. I mean, you know, if we look at the New Testament, the name of Moses, I believe, was mentioned 80 times in the New Testament. But again, Moses was again just Moses. Just like you are who you are. I am who I am, but again, when God gets a hold of us and uses us, then we become something special. And it doesn't have to be leading you know, millions of people into a promised land. It could be leading one or two people into the Lord's presence. It could be, it could be teaching people and growing people. It could be whatever it is that he's called you to do. And that is important. That is what's important. And again, as we as we see this, you know, we we can see ourselves in one way, shape, or form, even in our modern times, versus four or five thousand years ago, three four thousand years ago, whatever the case may be. Timing is timing, but again, people were still people. God used them just the same as He did us today, as He did back then, and. And I love it, you know, as I, as I see this. I hope that it comes to life for everyone else as well because God is still God. As that young girl reminded this, this lady, this leader, God is still God and, and He doesn't change. And, and that's important to, to us to remember that He does not change. Let's take a look here. We're going to be in chapter 12 and we're going to be starting at verse 29 is where we're starting today. And then from 29 to 32... It said, And it came to pass at midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon, and all of the firstborn of livestock. So Pharaoh rose in the night, and he and all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. Then he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise, go out from among my people, both you and the children of Israel, and go serve the Lord as you have said. Also take your flocks and your herds as you have said, and be gone and, and bless me also. So the, the plagues have ended, and, and the worst has come. Every firstborn in the Egyptian kingdom has died. That's what God said would happen. But again, Pharaoh didn't listen. And in the previous mention, I mentioned that it, I mentioned that if if an Egyptian would have he, uh, heeded the message of God, they could have been spared, but not one did, as what was said in verse one. Would they be spared if they did what God said? Yes. Okay, because the Israelites were spared, the Egyptians were not. As God as God been given warning and provision since the beginning of time. After all. The reason we have doctrine is because man has fallen and gone downhill further and further over years. This is why we have doctrine, you know. But, but no one was spared from the household of the dungeon, it said. Which means that even those who were uh, Egyptians in their prison system didn't make it. So this for the Israelites was the beginning of redemption. And redemption was the buyback uh, from uh, was the buyback from uh, it could be from a, a slave to someone or someone in captivity. And if someone was to buy back a slave in these ancient days, it was, they were to give or exchange one that was equivalent or actually more superior in some way, shape, or form in exchange. See, but God chose to buy back by the sacrifice of Christ Jesus. That's where we are at today, where we've been at for 2,000 years. Now, freedom of any kind was paid for by a heavy price. 
And that price was normally paid by bloodshed. And, and, and in these days, particular animals were used. And then, you know, in our days, we take a look at things where men and women who have fought in militaries and who have lost their lives for the freedom of a nation was done by bloodshed. But you see, Christ Jesus died the worst death known to mankind. Soldiers have died in war and, and freedom can be taken once a dictator takes leadership regardless of what others did in the past. But nothing can take the freedom from us that God gave us by that of Christ Jesus. See, so many times in the Bible we can see that eventually God says time's up. It, it could be hundreds of years because the Bible says that God is long-suffering. And that means that he puts up with a lot for a long time. But eventually that timing will run out. See, if we want to be freed from bondage of sin, we have to recognize that a price was paid and to recognize the source of that. See, he already did it for us 2,000 years ago. And in these days, this was the accepted form of atonement of sins. It was very costly. It was very messy. And see, we have a lot to celebrate, okay? Because Passover, Passover is a wonderful celebration. And I have observed how the celebrations um, are done, but have never actually attended one. I've heard of the great times and food that's involved, and, and that's the Lord God for you, man. He, the provider of all things and the celebration that never ends. But, you know, we too, like the Pharaoh, needs to recognize who's in control of our lives and our destinies, because God warned him. He showed Pharaoh who he was in his mind, but he, he never obtained God in his heart. It, it took to this finally, okay, it took to this finally say, go, now go, when it's too late. And, and God help us to never get to this point. <laughs> we, we, we know that there are speed limits when somebody's driving up mountain roads, okay, you have these twists and turns, and they were put up there for safe travels because somebody paved the roads and then somebody test drove it and out and out the signs came up, you know, so that way uh, that way you knew what the speed limit was. But every so often, you know, when you're driving up there, you'll see this this busted metal uh, divider where someone may have crashed or even gone over. But, you know, that was done by not heating, uh, not heating the speed limit. Well, not heeding the words of God will put us in the same area. Well, let's take a look here at verse 33, what happens. 33 to 37, it says, And the Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. For they said, We shall all be dead. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, having their kneading bowls bound up in their clothes on their shoulders. Now, the children of Israel had done according to the word of, uh, of Moses, and they had asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold, and clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they granted them what they requested. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. And then the children of Israel journeyed from Ramesses to Sakoth, about 600,000 men on foot besides children. Now, you know, this would be a sight to see, the amount of people taking what they can and only what they uh, need for the move that was quickly orchestrated. You know, could you imagine out of nowhere what it would be like to leave your home, the only place you ever knew, and a, a place that you considered home even though it was a nightmare situation, they never really knew any different. Because, you know, the Egyptians seemed to have more sense than the Pharaoh because 
they urged the Israelites to move on in fear of their own lives. They knew who the living God was, okay? Yahweh. They knew he was they knew he controlled all things on earth. Even the last day of one's life. Now they now the fear has come in. And they pretty much paid them to leave. And again, God orchestrated this due to the fact that the Israelites did not get paid for their years of slave labor that they did in the building of Egypt. And, and God knows what he's doing. They were instructed to have no leaven. And, and by that, this, uh, this move made it to where they, uh, they couldn't actually use it or even bring it. They had to keep moving. They had to keep moving and moving fast. So they had no time for for bringing leaven to to, to make the bread. But the, you know the kneading bowls that they uh, they used were large bowls. Some of them were, were pottery. Some made of wood with bronze as well. And and they they used for mixing water and flour. And and then they would take at times when they used leaven, they would take a small piece of leaven, which was an old lump. An old dirty lump, if you will, and it was left to raise the bread in the next batch, which which was basically the the bread was a big part of their diet. But when we look at the numbers of people as a whole, and again later on in the book of Numbers, when we one day get there, Lord willing, there was a census that will be taken of the people on the journey, and also a, a census of men of certain age as well for battle if need be. But what we're looking at is somewhere between 2 to 3 million people on the go. A sight to see of how many, of how that many people will travel together on foot. So the going from Ramesses to Sakoth, um, Sakoth means shelters. Uh, perhaps there was dwelling places for the temporary move, but again, the hand of God is placing them. And again, I will continue to make known that I realize many today in our day and age, uh, of the 20th century do not take much interest in the Old Testament as I said earlier because they want to look at things that may relate to them to the here and now and many things from thousands of years ago when this was written relates to the here and now because it was these events that had to happen in order for the perfect plan of God to come into play and I'll admit I'll admit when I was a teenager that I had that mentality but I, you know, I don't really care about all this old stuff. All I, you know, give me the here and now. Well, I, I praise God that He put me in a place in, in the personal relationship that I have with Him to cause me to look into His Word from beginning to end. That beginning to end was Genesis to Revelation. And, and we look at the two titles Genesis meaning the origin and Revelation, Revelation meaning the revealing of things to come. And in between those books is the richest life-changing events of instructions, prophecies, letters, exhortations, history, poetic wisdom, beyond any brilliant philosopher's thoughts. And, and what they went through was epic, because, but also common to us, right? Worse for them in some cases, but the only real difference is the difference of time. The difference of time and technology, maybe some cultural aspects. But this was the plan of God. And, and again, I pray that you will become infatuated with every book of the Bible because it will be an honor to, to be a part of that. But I, again, may we not have that mindset of, of relevance when it's all relevant to us. 38 to 42 says, So a mixed multitude went up with them also in flocks and herds, a great deal of livestock. And they baked unleavened cakes of the dough which they had bought out of Egypt. For it was not leavened because they were driven out of Egypt and could not wait, nor had they prepared provisions for themselves. 
Now the sojourn of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt was 430 years. And it came to pass at the end of the 430 years on that very same day, it came to pass that all the armies of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. It is a night of solemn observance to the Lord for bringing them out of the land of Egypt. And this is that night of the Lord that is solemn observance for all the children of Israel throughout their generations. So solemn observance said to the Lord, then a solemn observance to the children of Israel. You know, reasons to celebrate, reasons to remember what they went through and how they were brought out. You know, when we look at the Bible throughout the years of writings, it could be found that it, it was repeated to the audiences, written to 56 times after this event. Remember your deliverance from Egypt. That's how many times it was seen. 56 times it was said to them, remember your deliverance from Egypt. And the generations after could think that what was, what was then, who cares, right? And who cares now? But yet if we're not uh, for what God... If we're not for what God did, they would be st- they'd be still living there in the same condition. That's what people don't uh, realize at times. Well, we're in the here and now. Who cares about then? See, God wanted them to celebrate because if it weren't for what he did, they'd still be in, the con- in that condition. And it goes to show that those who have lived a quiet and sheltered life could never really appreciate deliverance because they've never faced that kind of living. You know, I've actually heard famous people who were who were very rich, you know, but but lived in in humble conditions growing up, telling their children, you know, I used to live in an apartment that was smaller than our living room. And the children's response was, "Why? Well, why did you live that way? You know, they have no concept." Some that do were brought to the neighborhoods that they were shown, you know, the houses that they they seen the conditions of the area. And by that, they had an understanding, and, and, and some developed an appreciation for what they have now. And children will thank their parents for the wonderful life they have now, but yet God created this solemn observation to remind all that it was He that brought them to this new beginning out of slavery. The Lord was to be celebrated as a whole by all people, parents, grandparents, and all the generations to come to this day, it is actually celebrated. There is no generational gap to where anyone can say, well, that was over 4,000 years ago, so let's move on. No. Israel has had much to celebrate over its existence because no other nation has been attacked more than more times, yet they still stand. God gives a reason to celebrate. And as always, he is the reason. And the neat thing is he designed the party and wanted to be there with them every year for every event that we will see uh, more develop in the feast throughout the Bible. But this was again the first and and a very important one to remember, being Passover. But again, you and I, you know, us today, what do we look back on in our lives to say, thank you, Lord? You know, I know there are some that will say, nothing, he hasn't done anything for me. Well, if I may ask a question, are, are you his? Have you, have you walked with him? Do you love him? See, I know some will say, yes, I did, but he allowed things to happen in my life, so I walked away. Well, if that's the case, that's a sad relationship to have when it's based solely on what I can get out of it versus one of truth and love, like, like the one that he has for us. Yes, things happen. Yes, calamity comes. Yes, there's pain. 
But we forget that the place prepared for eternity is beyond any comfort or joy here on earth. Yet every trial here may be a little longer than we like or hope for, but it's still temporary. But the eternal is never ending. And may we see the love and glory of his hand and his promise. And by that, we'll see that as we look in verse 43, but I love the term of Passover. You know, the the spirit of death passed over the house of every obedient household. Well, when God's with you, eventually the trials will pass over too. And then when we pass over and we pass on, we'll never face that again. We'll be with him. Let's finish this up in 43 to 51 as I can show you more. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, This is of the ordinance of the Passover. No no foreigner shall eat it. But every man's servant who is bought for money, when you have circumcised him, then he may eat it. A sojourner and a hired servant shall not eat it. In one house it shall be eaten. You shall not carry any of the flesh outside of the house, nor shall you break one of its bones. All the congregation of Israel shall keep it. And when a stranger dwells with you and wants to keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised and let him come near and keep it. And he shall be as a native of the land, for no uncircumcised person shall eat it. One law shall be uh, for the native born and for the strangers who dwell among you. Thus all the children of Israel did, as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. And it came to pass on that very same day that the Lord brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt according to their armies. So the ordinance of Passover was given to the people of Israel. It was to celebrate every year. But yet it was designed for the people of Israel. The foreigner, the pagan, was not to uh, take part. But by the design of God, if someone wanted to partake and, and receive the circumcision that God required as identification as one of his... They could partake if they desire. And by circumcision, it was those receiving the covenant of God by their choice. And I have to say, for those who were willing to do so at an older age, God blessed them in their commitment. Because talk about a painful procedure, right? Each household, each household was to celebrate as the family gathering, uh, as all were to keep it forever. You know, he also stated that no bones were to be broken in the lamb. And by that, we see the Lord Jesus in the picture of this, as it was prophesied that not one bone would be broken on him. Now, why God commanded not to break any bones on the Passover lamb was a perfect example of the Lamb of God. When someone was on the cross, you know, they would, they would actually break a leg on somebody before they died on that person uh, to prevent them from raising themselves up to breathe making their death that much more painful. You know, the the others up there were broken. Uh, When Jesus was up there, he was up there with two others. But, you know, the Lord had already passed away. They didn't break one bone, so uh, the Lord had his side pierced with a Roman spear. But not one bone was broken. Now, Passover to us was that in Christ Jesus. I like what Paul said, and the, the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 5 and verse 7, Purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, since you are truly unleavened. For indeed, Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us. 
Now, coming from the Apostle Paul, who was at one time an enforcer of Jewish law and tradition, uh, speaking this truth to a Greek area on the coast in Corinth that, that suffered from much leaven, being the region of Corinth, God is good and loves all during, during this time. There was a plan and a covenant with the Israelites as a chosen people. But praise be to God that he had us in mind as well, and he once and for all sacrificed the Passover for once and for all to be had for us who recognize and receive him as our Lord and Savior. You know, at the time they had to kill a lamb, and they put the blood above the doorpost of the faithful and obedient residents to avoid the death that came. And at Passover, just so happened at Passover 2,000 years ago, Christ was sacrificed for the world. And like those who obeyed God by the blood of the Lamb, then can receive deliverance today right now as we speak. See, all you have to do is receive Him through prayer. Because He had us all in mind and we and will receive anyone who asks to be a part of Him. You know, you may have faced rejection from others, family members, friends, co-workers... Whoever it may be, but the Lord will take you. He wants you no matter what you have done or where you have been. You don't have to be alone anymore. He's the author and finisher of your life. And while he is with you, he'll bring others to gather with you and worship with him. I know what loneliness feels like. I know what rejection feels like. I can tell you from experience that if it were not for the Lord, I would not have made it. But, you know, we forget that, that he went through it as well when he was here on earth. More than any of us probably ever did. But most important, we're looking at the eternal versus the here and now. But you see, the Lord, he cares about both. He does, he does care about the here and now, but more than anything, the eternal. Regardless of the good times or the bad, we're loved by him. That's what matters most. So, if you want him in your heart, if you want him in your life, we can invite him right here and right now if you're willing to receive him as your Lord and your Savior. Because the Bible said that in order to see the kingdom, you must be born again. And that born again means to be born again through receiving him is a new birth. A new birth in your life. And it's easily done by, by accepting Christ into your heart through prayer. And then from there we walk with him. We talk with him in prayer. We grow through the word of God through fellowship. And we see what comes from there. But through the good times and through the bad times, they're going to be there. But there's going to come a day where there will be no bad times anymore when it's all said and done. And that's the greatest thing of all. So I want to lead you now. I want to, I want to give you the opportunity, if you feel led, to receive Him as Lord and Savior by repeating this simple prayer after me. Father God, please forgive me. Please forgive me of all of my sins. Lord, as I confess to you, Lord, that I am a sinner, and I receive you in my heart, Lord, 
And I thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross. I ask, Lord, that you would forgive me of all of my sins. Cleanse me of all of my sins, Lord. As, Lord, I receive you now as my my Lord and my Savior, as my Father. May we walk together for all of my days, Lord. And I thank you for having me, Lord, as I have you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, blessings as always. Because the greatest blessing you could ever receive was doing what you just did, hopefully, by receiving Him as your Lord and Savior. And it'll always be a blessing to, to get to know to to get to know some of you or hear from you one day. But if I don't, I'm going to be able to see you one day up there in eternity. But I pray that, uh, you know, while we're here together, keep following along. The Word of God is fascinating like, like no other. And I, I pray that you'll continue to walk with Him in truth and in strength and see what He does. May He use you greatly and your family as you continue in your journey with Him. God bless you.